You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So I have the privilege of ministering to you this morning, and my sermon topic is, hold on, there is hope. Amen. We live in a world that needs hope. But what exactly does it mean to have hope? And what does it mean to be hopeful? Hope is living a life with expectation that something good is going to happen. Are you living a life with an expectation that something good is going to happen? Or are you living a life in fear of tomorrow? Amen? Amen. So hope is the lighthouse that helps us find our way. Even through the darkest waters of despair, even through the darkest waters of despair and into the light, the bright light of tomorrow. That is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Because of this, it is important to understand where does hope come from. It's important to understand the steps to do to get hope. And it's important to know how to put it into practice. Does that make sense? So Romans 15 verse 13 says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you with overflowing and uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. We know our source of hope, our source of love, our source of inspiration comes from Jesus Christ. If you could see for a minute what God has in store for you, for this world and the world after, your hope would be unwavering. I don't think you get me this morning. If you can see what God has in store for you in this world and the world to come, your hope would be unwavering. And despair and depression and oppression and failure and fear would never come close to you. If you knew what God has in store for you. So today we will draw our strength from a remarkable story. I'm going to use a story this morning in 2 Kings 4 of the Shumanite woman and her encounter with prophet Elisha. What a beautiful story to use, a beautiful story of hope, a beautiful story of what to do in despair, a beautiful story of what Jesus can do to any situation, but it's also a story of hope. Amen? And before we start reading it, we look at chapter 4, and chapter 4 starts with Elisha and the widow. Elisha and the widow, and the widow has come to him, and she said that her husband was a faithful servant, but he has died. And now she has bills to pay. This is my, my interpretation of the beginning of 2 Kings 4. And she, she comes to the prophet, and as a widow, as somebody with nobody, she says, my family is going to be sold into slavery, and I don't know what to do. And the prophet says to her, what do you have? And she says, I have a little bit of oil. And he says, you know what? Go out and go and, go and lend all the vessels that you can. And go into your room and shut the door. Because God is ready to do a miracle. And this widow obeys the voice of the prophet. And she goes out and she gets all these vessels and she comes into her room. And as long as she's pouring the oil, the oil remains flowing. But the minute she stops, the minute they say there's no more vessels, the oil stops. 
And the prophet says to her, there we go. Now go and sell this oil and go pay your debtors and look after your family. God has come through for you. That is the beginning of 2 Kings 4. What a beautiful chapter. Amen. And then we get to 2 Kings 4 verse 8. And that's where I'm going to start my, my sermon with you this morning. And I'm going to read a section and we're going to talk about it. Is that okay this morning? Is that okay? So 2 Kings 4 verse 8 says, Now a day came when Elijah went over to Shunem where there was a prominent woman. Yeah, he comes from a widow to a prominent woman in the same chapter. Our prophet comes from a woman trying to just pay her bills to a prominent woman. Amen. And she urged him to eat food. And so it was as often as he passed by that he turned in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I'm aware that this holy man of God passing by us repeatedly. Please let us make a little walled upper room and let us set up a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lamppost. Then it shall be that when he comes to us that he can turn in there. Yes, the Shumanite woman. And she wants to build a permanent, comfortable space for the man of God during his travels and during his ministry time. And she goes to her husband and they set up a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. He most likely sat at that table so many hours and meditated and prayed. Maybe he answered letters that he was, he was answering to people that had asked him questions. And maybe he was studying writings of previous prophets. But we know this space was a space created for him to meet with his God. It is highly likely that in these times he actually wrote parts of two kings. So this Shunammite woman sets up a space for the prophet to be alone with God in prayer. And it's a necessity, just like it's a necessity for us today. Do you have a place of prayer? Turn to your neighbor and say, do you have a place of prayer? Do you have a place where you go and meet with God? Where you go and meditate on his word? You see, this place, this space is where our hope and our faith in God's character grows. This is where we get hope for our future, in our safe space. I would suggest that you set up a safe space for you and your God, amen? Because the God of Elisha is the God of today. And the God of Elisha is the God of each one of you sitting in this building this morning, amen? Bill Johnson says, hope is a product of the presence of God. Because nobody can look into the face of God and walk away without hope. Are you looking into the face of God? You see, hopelessness only reveals the distance between my face and my God's face. Can I go a bit deeper this morning? Hopelessness only reveals the distance between my face and my God's face. Because the longer I go without seeing His face, the more hopeless I become. When last have you seen his face? Let's carry on. It says, now one day he came there and he turned to the upper room and rested. And he said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shumanite. And when he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, behold, you have taken trouble for us with all this care. What can I do for you? 
Would you like me to speak for you to the king or the commander of the army? But she said, I live among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, it is a fact that she has no son and her husband is old. Then he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this season next year, you are going to embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, you man of God, do not lie to your servant. When the Shimonite woman was called to approach Elisha, she stood in the doorway while he was speaking to her. Many times when Jesus asks us, what do you want? We stand in the doorway and we don't boldly come to the throne of grace to petition our requests. Just like the Shimonite woman, we stand in the doorway because we don't have the, the courage to come in and to speak with our God. And God is saying, what do you want? What do you want? You see Hebrews 4 verse 15b says, So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned. To receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. How beautiful is that scripture? You see, Elisha prophesies over her and he says, Next year, this time, you're going to hold a son in your arms. And she says, no, my Lord, please, man of God, do not lie to your servant. How many times has God said to you, you are going to have a good future? And you say, please, God, don't lie to your servant. Amen. God says, I have good things planned for you. And you say, Lord, please, let's not talk about this. Many people are afraid to hope because they've been disappointed. Who hasn't been disappointed in this building? Who hasn't been hurt by the past? But things that, are, that were planned and didn't work out, if we trust in the sovereignty of God, we know that God even held that moment in His hands. You see, I spoke to the music ministry this morning and I said to them, I said, if you are always in God's presence and there's never a time when He confronts you or challenges you or your will and His will contradicts, you are living in a very strange space. Because God's will and your will will never always line up. Because God is there to be your God, not to be your servant. Amen? God is not there to do what you want Him to do. You are there to do what He wants you to do in His time. Amen? Zechariah 9 verse 12 says, Come back to the place of safety. All you prisoners who still have hope, I promise that every day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Have you ever seen that scripture? God says, I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Can I read it in another translation? It says, return to the stronghold, you prisoners who have the hope. This very day, I'm declaring that I will restore double to you. This is your God's heart to you this morning, double. Double. You want single, God wants double. You want to come into God's presence and petition one small thing. And God says, I, the sky is the limit for what I want for you. Amen? Amen? And you know, verse 17, it says, Now the woman conceived and she gave birth to a son. Oh my gosh, the man of God's word has come to pass. And when the child was grown, the day came when he was out with his father to the reapers. 
He was out in the fields. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And his father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. Isn't that just like men are? The children have a headache and we send them to the mother. Who's a mother in the house and can scream an amen? Amen? (laughs) And when he had carried him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon and then he died. And then he died. The Shunammite woman finally has a son. And while he's doing his normal chores, his duty towards his family, he gets a headache. Sometimes, Your miracle you prayed for will cause you a lot of pain and some headaches. (laughs) Sometimes the miracle you pray for will cause you a little bit of discomfort. And there will be times where you feel like you want to give up because your promise seems to be in jeopardy. Is there somebody in the building that can agree with me? I want to tell you, Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, be supernaturally infused with strength through the life union you have with Jesus Christ. Be supernaturally infused in those times with the life union of Jesus Christ. Stand victorious and in the love of Jesus Christ. You see, the Shumanite woman is sitting with her miracle. She's sitting with her miracle On her lap, she's sitting with her answer to prayer. He has died. I want to tell you this morning, maybe your business, your miracle business, your dream of your future has died. Maybe your business was taking off and suddenly there's nothing. It seems like it's over. Maybe your ideal marriage this morning looks like it's over. Maybe you've achieved your goal and you're attending the best university in the world and you fail a subject. You see, you could be holding on to something and trusting the Lord in your lap and it feels like it has died. This is what the Shumanite woman faced. But you know, Isaiah 41 says, Do not yield to fear, for I am always near. Do not yield to fear. We will all face fear. Do not yield to it, for He is near. Never turn your gaze from me. How did I start the sermon today? If we come into the presence of Jesus and gaze into his eyes and we see what God sees for us, there is no way that we can walk out that presence without hope. Yeah, the Bible says, never turn your gaze from me. For I am faithful. I am your faithful God. I will infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. This is the promise of your Father. I will hold you firmly with my victorious right hand. All who rage against you will be ashamed and disgraced. All who contend with you will perish and disappear. You will look for your enemies in vain. Those who war against you will vanish without a trace. I am Yahweh. I am the mighty God. God says, I grip your right hand and I won't let you go. Show me your right hand. That's the hand our almighty God is gripping this morning. Every time you look at your right hand, you remind yourself that my God, Yahweh Almighty, is gripping this hand in his hand. And he promises he will not let us go. 
Amen? He's not like human nature. He doesn't have the human nature to let go. He's not a God that he should lie. And he's telling you this morning, I hold your right hand in my hand. And he says, I whisper to you, don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. You see, to hear a whisper, I have to get a little bit closer. I have to be face to face with my God. When he whispers, do not be afraid. I'm here to help you. Do not be afraid. I'm here to help you. And what does the Shumanite woman do? She takes the boy and she lays him on the bed of the man of God. And she shuts the door behind him and she leaves. There's so much to learn even in this verse. She goes up to Elisha's room, leaves her son on the bed and shuts the door. What would you have done if your son had died? Amen. The fact that she placed her son in Elisha's bed rather than in her own son's bed indicates that she expected a miracle. She had hope. Are you expecting a miracle this morning? Do you have hope? Amen. It's kind of a miracle. I do serve a miracle God sometimes. Amen. You see, she's frustrated and in pain. But despite this, she lays her problem down and closes the door. We need to leave our problems in our prayer room and close the door. Amen. You see, what happens is many of us idolize our doubt and our fear. Do you know what that means? We, may, we worship our doubt and our fear. Our doubt and our fear has become who we are. I am that person who will not hope because I will always be disappointed. Oh, it's got very quiet in the building now. What if you just started believing for a miracle? What if you just started believing and seeing life differently? And what does she do after that? She lays her son down in the room. She closes the door and she goes to tell her husband. She goes and she calls her husband and she says, please send me one of your servants and one of the donkeys so that I may run to the man of God and return. But he says, why are you going to him today? He says, Is it, it's neither a new moon or a Sabbath. And look at her reply. She just says, it will be fine. It will be fine. Then she saddled her donkey and said to her servant, drive the donkey and go on. Do not slow down the pace for me unless I tell you. So she went on and she came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So this young Shimonite woman, this, this older Shimonite woman, has put her son down in the prayer room. She's put her dead son down. She's closed the door. She went to her husband. And you know what? She didn't inform her husband of the death of their son. I always look at these things practically. She didn't go to her husband and say, our son has died. Because she wasn't going to waste her time trying to upset him. She needed to get to her answer. And she knew it will be fine. Amen? Amen? You see, as a God-fearing, faithful woman, she knew where to get her help. She knew she had to go get spiritual help. She shut the door and went for spiritual support. 
today, I want to tell you, if you need spiritual support, if you're going through a hard time, shut your door and get to church. Amen? Yeah, we will speak hope into your life. We will speak faith into your life. We will pray for you. We will petition your case. We will stand for you. And we will fight for you. Because that is what the body of Christ does. Amen? So Psalms 84 verse 10, and that's what we sang this morning. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better is one day in your courts, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. So she sets her eyes on Mount Carmel and she never stops. She says to her servant, don't stop, just keep walking. I'm not looking back. Don't even give me a chance to look back. Just keep walking because it will be fine. It will be fine. And what happens when the man of God sees her in a distance? He says to his servant, behold, that person there, it's the Shimonite woman, right? Please run now and meet her and say to her, is it going well with you? Is it going well with your husband? Is it going well with your child? Have you ever seen this? And, and this, this servant runs up to her and she says, the man of God wants to know, is it going well with you? Is it going well with your husband? Is it going well with her son? And you know what she answers? Do you see it on the screen? It's going well. How does that make sense? She's just lost her son. He has died. She knows he's dead. He's not sick. He's completely gone. But she still has the faith to say, it is well. It is well. Instead of preparing a funeral, the Shumanite woman is preparing for a resurrection. Amen. Can I say that again? Instead of preparing for a funeral, the Shumanite woman is preparing for a resurrection. You see, when the enemy comes and tells you, you are not going to make it, you are going under, your business is a failure, your marriage is a failure. Ladies, the thing that the devil loves throwing at us, you are a failure. You stand up and you say, it is going well. It is going well. It is going well. Are you preparing a funeral for your future or are you preparing a resurrection? What are you preparing today? In your family, are you preparing a funeral or a resurrection? In your business, are you preparing a funeral or a resurrection? In your mental health, are you preparing a funeral or a resurrection? You see, we need to start believing for the impossible. Because that's the God we serve. And that is the measure he will meet you with, the impossible. You see, John 11 verse 25 says, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, he will live. How close do you need to be to someone to cling to them? Can I cling to someone in the back door? You see, right through today, we're seeing different elements of where we find our hope. We find our hope face to face with Jesus. We find our hope as he whispers, do not be afraid. 
We find our hope as we put our right hand in his hand and we hold on to him as much as he's holding on to us. And now we find our faith close to Jesus. So she comes to the man of God at the hill. Are you still with me this morning? I'm telling a story. She comes to the hill and she takes hold of his feet. And Gehazi comes to push her away. Oh, Gehazi. Who's your Gehazi in your life? Amen. Gehazi just keeps messing up. I'm telling you, Gehazi, Gehazi, Gehazi. I kept saying Gehazi, Gehazi, Gehazi as I was preparing and I'm just praying for Gehazi because Gehazi needs an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> so Gehazi comes and he knows the Shunammite woman. He has traveled with Elisha. He knows he, she has set a space up for the man of God. He knows he has been fed by her. But now when he's close, she's close to the man of God because she said it's well, he's going, what are you doing? Get away. And the man of God says, no, no, no. He says, leave her alone. For her soul is troubled within her. Jesus Christ knows when your soul is troubled within you. And he will say to those things coming against you, leave her alone. Her soul is troubled within her. Amen? And the crazy part of this, this, this text is, Elisha says, the Lord has concealed from me and not informed me what has happened to you. Because the, the, let me get to that scripture. Let me go back to that scripture. So she took hold of the man of God's feet and Gehazi came up and pushed her away. And the man of God said, leave her alone for her soul is troubled within her. And the Lord has concealed it from me and has not informed me. Then she said, did I ask for a son, my Lord? Did I not say, do not give me false hope? <laughs> Here she comes in contact with Elisha. And her first words are, did I ask for this? What is your did I ask for this moment? Did I say, Lord, don't give me false hope? Can you imagine? And she clings to his feet and she pours out her heart in heartbreak, in desperation and in the weight of that moment. She goes, God, did I ask for this? Did I not say, don't give me hope? Is it you maybe this morning, you see Psalms 42 verse 5 says, why are you in despair, my soul? Do you know sometimes we need to speak to ourselves? Why are you in despair, my soul? And why are you restless within me? Wait for God. And for I will praise him for the help of his presence, my God. You see, Elijah says, God has hidden this from me. Can you imagine being so in touch with God that you are shocked when God doesn't tell you something? <laughs> Elijah's like, I'm so shocked. I never saw this. That is what we would, would love with our maker. Amen. So then he says to Gehazi, get ready. Oh, Gehazi, take your staff in your hand and go. And if you meet anyone on the road, don't greet him. And if anyone greets you, don't reply. Quite a straightforward command, right? And he says, and you go and you lay that staff on the boy's face. Do you think there was enough in that for that young boy to stand up? Yes. 
And the mother of the boy inter- interjects. She goes, um, as surely as the Lord lives, <laughs> and you yourself live, I will not leave you. Ladies, we need to get to a place. Gentlemen, we need to get to a place. When we get to the Lord Jesus Christ and we say, <laughs> I will not leave you. Surely, as you live, Lord, I am not going to leave your presence because I know in your presence is fullness of joy. I know my promise is in your presence. I know my future is in your presence. And as sure as I live, I will not depart from your presence. And so he gets up. Elisha gets up and he follows her. And then Gehazi goes on ahead of them and he lays the staff on the boy's face, but there's no sound and no response. So he returns to meet him and he informs him saying the boy has not awakened. How much faith is in Gehazi? The boy has not awakened. Not my Lord God is still working a miracle or my Lord, the, the boy has made a slight movement to the left or my boy, my, my, my Elisha, I believe he's going to move soon. He says the boy has not awakened and there's no response. Gehazi, Gehazi, Gehazi. <laughs> So Elisha enters the house, and behold, the boy was dead, lying on his bed. And he enters the house, and he shuts the door behind them both. And he prays to the Lord. There's something about shutting the door. Did you see the widow was told to shut the door when she poured the oil? Yeah, the young lady, the the Shemanite woman goes up, lays her son down. She shuts the door. You know, the Bible doesn't put anything in there if it's not meant to be there, right? And Elisha comes back, and what does he do? He shuts the door. And he shuts them both out, Gehazi and the Shemanite woman. He says, you people stay this side. Amen? And what does he do? He gets on the bed, and he lays on the child. He puts his mouth on his mouth his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he bent down on him, and the flesh of the child became warm. You see, going from where the woman was to Mount Carmel and back was probably around about an 18-hour turnaround time. It was not around the corner. During this time, the human body would have gone through a series of changes, I'm just bringing the story to life to you this morning. The body would have discolored in certain areas. The bowel and the bladder would have released and emptied. And rigor mortis would have taken place, leaving the body cold. 18 hours. And Elisha stretches out himself over the boy. Can you picture this picture a little bit more now? I'm a creative, I look in pictures, I think in pictures, I speak in pictures, amen? And he lies over this young boy with all these challenges. This is a very painful, difficult, and uncomfortable action. Who wants to be a prophet? Everybody wants to be a prophet. But are you prepared to lay on a dead boy and breathe life into him? You see, restoring life to your marriage to your mental health, to your children, to your business, or to your dream that does not look so good anymore, sometimes it's going to be a little bit painful. But God is still in control. Amen? Reinhard Bonnke says, God needs manpower, and we need God power. Can I say that again? 
He says, we need God power. Amen. So even if your miracle hasn't happened, God sees you and He's working. He's faithful and He's just. He hears your prayers. He sees your tears. And He's aware of your situation. Can I tell you something? Your miracle is just warming up. Amen. That dead thing in your life is just warming up. But then what does Elisha do? He returns and walks up and down the house. The, the young boy hasn't come to life yet. And he went and he bent down over him again. And the boy sneezed seven times and the boy's eyes opened. You see, Elijah turned away and walked into the house back and forth. Back and forth. There are times in your life you are just going to have to walk the floor. You are going to have to walk back and forth. Keep hoping, keep praying, keep seeking, keep believing. And you're going to have to walk the floor and say, God, I trust you. You're going to have to walk the floor and say, God, you are good. You're going to have to walk the floor and say, God, you are faithful. You're going to have to walk the floor and say, God, you are true. You're going to have to walk the floor by faith. And you're going to say, I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to back down. My miracle has not yet come, come to life. It's still warming up, but I will walk the floor. Amen. I will walk the floor. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to believe. You guys don't understand what I'm saying this morning, if your miracle has not come to life yet, it's just warming up. Amen. Amen. You can pace your floor. You walk your floor, girl and gentlemen. <laughs> you walk your floor and you believe what God has said about you in that time of waiting because it's not over. It's never over yet. Amen. So after pacing the room, Elijah goes back and he stretches himself out once more. Mouth on mouth. That he could breathe the breath of life, the breath of God into the young boy. Eyes on eyes. That he can put the light of life into him. Hands on hands. That he can put strength into that little body. Elisha's persistence may have been the condition for the child's resurrection. What, happened, what would have happened if Elisha gave up after the first time? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't ever give up. Sometimes to bring life back into your situation, you're going to have to allow the light of God into what you see. You're going to have to say what God says. And you're going to have to do what God does. Can I say that again? Just like Elisha put eye on eye. Mouth on mouth, hand on hand with that little boy. Sometimes you're going to have to look at what God says. You're going to have to put off things that He's showing you pictures that are not what God says. Amen? Instagram, Facebook are beautiful. But we had an Instagram, Facebook, we had a whole Instagram media fast going on on the platform. And it was quite hectic because you so, you so quickly pick it up. What if every time you pick up that phone, you read a scripture? What if every time you play that game, you rather go and inquire from God what you should do next? Not what the little Mario brother should do next. Amen? Sometimes miracles are gradual and don't happen in the blink of an eye. 
Sometimes they happen over time. Amen. Hebrews 4 verse 13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him in whom we give account. Nothing is hidden. So He calls Gehazi and He says, Call the Shumanite. So He calls her and when she comes into Him, He says, Pick up your son. Pick up your son. Then she comes in and she falls at his feet again, bow down to the ground, and she picks up her son and she leaves. Do you know what we can learn from this? When we get our breakthrough, bow down and worship. When you get your breakthrough, don't be so quick to pick it up and leave the presence of the one who brought it for you. Amen. After you receive your miracle, bow down and worship. Amen. Don't just think you are here to enjoy the fruits of your breakthrough. It's much more than that. Because tomorrow, the next chapter, Elisha goes and faces a famine. Just like us, in our next chapter, we might face another situation. And in that next situation, we need God as much as in the previous one. Amen. Amen. Catherine Kuhlman said, hope puts stars in the darkest sky and windows in a blank wall. How beautiful is that? Hope puts stars in a darkest sky and windows in the blankest wall. It puts a smile on your face and it anchors your soul. Put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. Live a life with an expectation that something good is going to happen. Can we do that, church? And in times of our waiting, what do we do? We walk the floor. Hope is the product you get in the presence of God. Hope is the product you get in the presence of God. If you are hopeless, you are not in the presence of God. Because it's impossible to look into the face of God and walk away without hope. Make time to look into His face. And you will never face a day hopeless. Amen? take time. Yes, let's give the Lord a hand. God is aware of your troubles. He is aware of your pain. He's aware of everything you are going through. And He has not given up. Don't you give up. All I've done is tell you what God says about you. All I've done is told you the words of the Father. All I've done is reminded you of His heart for you. He's not a harsh God. He's not a He's not an angry God. He's a God that chose you before you even decided to choose Him. He's a God that chose you even if you didn't choose Him. That's the God we serve. He's an on-time God. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.